welcome to Just Think the Podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. Do it along with us. We invite you into our conversations as we explore together the truth of what's really happening in our world today. We are three friends that come from across the political spectrum that we're growing more and more alarmed at the political divide in this country. But we found that as we laid aside any inherent biases that we could identify, if we set aside any political ideologies we may have once adhered to, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And as we had these conversations, we found that more and more people wanted to be a part of those conversations as well. And we believe that diversity of thought and opinion and ideas is crucial to the freedom of our country. And that's welcome here. Of course, we always say diversity is welcome, but hats are not. So here's, <laughs> here's a polite and civil conversation around the issues that are concerning us most. And today, this is Holly Brewer, and I'm joined by Amy Ludwig and Kristen Ludwig. And we're here to talk about it one more time for the love. What are we talking about today, girls? <laughs> Ooh, so much. COVID. COVID. <laughs> I mean, can we get away from it? So, but here's Keep the thing. We know that the information out there is hard to sift through. We spend hours and hours doing it ourselves, and we hope we can cut out some time for you by pointing you to other resources you need to consider. Because again, it's not telling you what to think and believe. It's telling you, think for yourself. You'll find the truth when you search for it. So there's a lot that's unfolded, and we're just going to do a quick little recap here just to point you towards some things that we know are happening. And then at the end of this podcast, we're going to do a little a, a deeper dive into some of it. But a couple things uh, as of yesterday, so today's Friday, yesterday, the Biden administration, the president himself announced that there was a mandate for all federal employees to get the vaccine. That they would not be able to test every week to prove they didn't have it. They would have to be vaccinated. Of course, there's a backlash from many people, even those vaccinated who are saying, hey, hold on a minute. This is starting to infringe on our freedom. Many of us, there was a poll that came out just days before that said, like 70% of Americans said they would have an issue. They may even quit their jobs if their employers mandated vaccines. So this is not a left or right issue. This is a right to choose issue. And the, the pushback on this is not just gonna come from one place. It's gonna come from anyone that is concerned about the loss of freedom and bodily autonomy. And then Joe Rogan, of course, uh, announced that he had been diagnosed with COVID, did a little video on his Instagram saying what he was using, certainly just sharing his personal story. And he said that he used ivermectin in addition to monoclonal antibodies and vitamins. And he shared his story and got well in three days. That's a short-lived COVID experience for sure, especially for someone of his age. He even admits he'd been out drinking and having a good time and not sleeping when he got sick. He believes that played into him contracting the disease, but he got a lot of pushback. People, CNN, saying he was using horse paste. So girls, what do you think? What do you think about what's been unfolding? <laughs> well, I, I like his video where he says he, he's thinking about suing CNN. Woo, do <laughs> it. Like, bring it on, because we have got to stop this, these lies. Mm -hmm. These are lies. They're straight up lies. Well, it's all fear mongering. And, you know, just to add to it, and this is going to segue right into what we've got going on today. 
um, you have to wonder, are they trying to tell us the truth or are they trying to instill fear? Right. And I mean, a video was literally just released that's like circulating around and don't worry, I created a link and it is in our Google Doc. And this is from our local hospital with one of our employees. And it appears I know for sure one of them is in a, a New Hanover employee um, trying to find out the other names as well. But um, it looks like our New Hanover Hospital and Novant, which owns New Hanover. And we are not trying to slander the hospital I used to work for. But uh, when you see something like this, this needs to be shared and it probably won't be. And truth is not slandering. Right. Telling the truth is not slandering. Yep, exactly. Sorry. So um, just to, well, we, let's go ahead and like let y'all know who we've got with us today. So it's not just Holly, Amy, and Kristen today. We have a special guest, two special guests, Joy Harmon and her uh, amazing mother, Mary Lily. Um, they have a story to tell, and we have been connected ever since we shared Matt and Summer's story. So many people have reached out to us and even connected all of us. And we're, I mean, you wouldn't believe the amount of families that are going through this, okay? So these are not just the few stories that we are sharing. There are so many more, but let's hear it from Joy. I'm going to introduce Joy um, and tell us um, the tragic story, but how she is turning lemons into lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> and getting there, spreading awareness. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. My, like she said, my name is Joy Harmon. This is my mom, Mary Lily. Um, we have a pretty sad story to tell, but I feel that it's important to bring awareness because I want others to know that they are not the only family. Um, so my parents were diagnosed at Pender Memorial Hospital on the 31st of July. Um, they were told to go home and get better that days seven through 10 were the most concerning to them, but they didn't give them any kind of preventative treatment. No Regeneron, none, none of that. Um, so they went home, called their primary care doctor to see if he would uh, prescribe Ivermectin, which he would not. I actually ended up being able to find a doctor, Dr. Strutt, that was kind enough to, um, to prescribe it for us. And she, called it in and we all were able to, we had eight family members that had the virus at the same time. And we were all able to get ivermectin, except for my dad who was transferred to the hospital because he needed oxygen. Um, otherwise recovering well and just needed some oxygen. He had already gotten on the better end of or excuse me, he was feeling better already from the virus. Um, so we ended up having to call EMS. They transferred him initially to Pender Memorial Hospital. Pender Memorial Hospital um, transferred him to New Hanover and said that they are not keeping any of the virus patients at Pender. Um, so my mom and I, we were both, we both had COVID too. So we were not able to go in the hospital. We waited in the car. Um, when they transferred my dad to New Hanover, my mom and I followed the EMS. We were watching my dad interacting with EMS, smiling, talking. Um, we arrived at the hospital at New Hanover Regional Medical Center in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we were told that they have a no visitor policy. We would not be allowed in. So my mom and I sat in the car waiting. Um, we asked them to call us once they got him admitted and got him in a room. Um, they called us, knocked, 
you know, a little while later and said that they had gotten dad in a bed. He was on the eighth floor. Um, and so I said, well, great. Well, when, when can we visit? They said, I'm sorry, we have a no visitor policy. Now, some will say they were protecting the community with this, um, but I have to object to that because um, the way that we suited up to go see my dad at the point when they finally let us was no different than what we had to do at the time they, they allowed us in when after they had put him in a paralytic medically induced coma. But I will get to that point. Um, we had asked the nurse to make sure that they called us to let us verify his medications because dad had been on dialysis for 10 years and he was a little bit forgetful of all his medications because of the medications that he was on and they said that they would. Um, we didn't end up getting a call until Monday, but they told us that dad had COVID pneumonia and we asked again when we could see him and they said, there, we have a no visitor policy. You will not step foot in this hospital until your daddy is about to take his last breath. Okay, I'm sorry, that's heartless. heartless. Did they say that to you that way? Yes. They did. And I was I not asking to be a visitor. This is a private room that he was in. Mm -hmm. I would have gone in and stayed with him and cared for him. Mm -hmm. There's no way that they can staff enough people to care for a patient the way they need to be cared for. I was told by one nurse that he had set up his plate in front of him, but he didn't expect him to eat much because he was not feeling well. Now, had I been able to have been there, I would have fed <clears> him, I would have handed him his drink, and he would not have had to have done, used his energy for things like that. Mm. It was very, to me, it was heartless. It is hard. I've been to the hospital before when my husband was on the kidney floor at New Hanover, and they let me stay there. And I, I fed him. I helped turn him. I watched him. I slept every night in the chair right beside him with my hand either on his side or back, or my or us holding hands. And there was no excuse in me not being able to go in. They could have said, "Okay, come in. You sign a paper. If you leave this room." You cannot come back in. I would have been fine with that. But they would not let me even go inside to be with my husband. I wasn't wanting to be a visitor. I was wanting to be the caretaker that I have been. Yes. Oh, God, and they really heart. said it to you that way, like about the no, not until he's taking his breath. I am just, yes. it's, that is just yes. shocking. Okay. I, I quote, that is exactly said, what they said. Do you mean to tell me that? You will not let me in. If you knew my husband was about to take his last breath, that you would not let me go in the hospital to be with him and to hold his hand. She said, no. I wow. cannot. I cannot. I cannot understand that. I cannot understand that. And oh. this is the second time we've heard someone who is in your shoes talk about how really hatefully they were spoken to by the doctor. Um, Adam, was this a nurse or a doctor that said this to you? That was the nurse that said okay. that. Okay. And um, when, when I talked with administration, I told them, I said, I'm sorry, but you are heartless. Yeah. Um, you cannot possibly, these, our poor nurses are being treated like they're slaves 
really. They mm. don't get breaks. They don't rest at night. They're just watching people die left and right. I feel horrible for them. Don't think yeah. for one moment that I don't. I realize yeah. there's good and bad in every profession, okay? That's and right. so for those that are good, I want to tell you, look, we pray for you. We see you. We appreciate you. You were our heroes last year working this pandemic, and you're still our heroes this year, even if you don't want an experimental vaccine, and that should be a choice. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I had a doctor tell me that he was waste, had to waste his time talking to me on the telephone, telling me how my husband was doing when he could be doing patient care. Well, had I been able to be by his side, I would not have needed to have talked to doctor nor nurse on the telephone. Right. You're exactly right. You they, they could have talked yeah. to you while they were giving patient care. That's exactly right. And this Absolutely. is this is a policy that urgently needs to be revisited. And especially since you had COVID at the same time, or you had been what recovered. I mean, this was and not to mention, let's be real, if my husband's in a hospital and he is sick with COVID, I will take my chances to take care of my husband. And I should have the right to do it. Again, like you said, if you are enclosed in the room, you can't leave the room, you are isolated it's going to be hard for me to understand why we can't revisit this policy because this is, this is, this is their cruel. Ex their excuse to me was that they were worried about the community getting COVID. Well, if I am in a private room with my husband, there is one bed, one chair. There is a bathroom in there with a commode, a sink and a shower. Yep. If I'm in that room and using that bathroom, how in the world am I going to give COVID to anyone else around quite the contrary she protects the community but staying put with him she already had it anyway exactly. so if they both had it they could have walked in at the same time and then they're together there was no additional contact that way but and the nurses and other staff would have would have needed to have stayed in the room with him less because i was would have been there that's yep. right. Exactly. And he would have never, need, let's face it, he would have never needed their ICU had my mom been there with him on the eighth floor. Mm. Okay. Yep. All right. it's yep. Proven, yeah, it's been proven that, you know, family being there with you to encourage you, um, having that family member there, it's healing. You know, why do you think they place a baby on a mother's chest when the baby's born? It's mm. healing. It's healing. That family contact is healing. And, and isolation is horrible for anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we actually had um, eight, excuse me, seven different family members at the same time that we all had COVID in different cities. Okay. Um, every single one of us took ivermectin. Some of us were vaccinated. Some of us not. Um, every one of us took ivermectin and we all it's recovered sick. well. Unfortunately, my dad was transferred to New Hanover Regional before we could get him the ivermectin. And we asked the doctor about giving that to him. And he said that that is not their hospital protocol and that he would not give him the ivermectin. And I said, well, it worked for all of us. He said, well, there's a lot of false treatment out there. I said, but it worked for eight of us. Um, <laughs> he still refused. So we asked um, what treatment they did have dad on. And we asked if he was on the vitamin C, the intravenous vitamin C, the intravenous vitamin um, disease. He said no, that he was not on the intravenous vitamin C or the intravenous zinc. Um, I asked if. But that's not I, against, is that, I mean, because let me just get this straight. 
having intravenous vitamins and requesting those for the patient, that's not anything that's a, that's a, that's something anybody should be able to get. I mean, hospitals have it in droves, right? So why didn't they do that? I, I don't know. And it's like I told the doctor, I said, to be honest, at this point, you don't have anything to lose. Right. So what were and, they doing? He was yeah, just on oxygen. Yeah, was he, on? he was on oxygen and then nothing else or no. So I asked, I said, well, is he on the, but, uh, the, bedesonide, the steroid mm -hmm. and well, excuse me, I said, is he able to be on the bedesonide steroid? And the doctor said, yes, he is able to get it. I said, okay, is that what he's getting? The doctor said, no, he's getting a different kind of steroid. Okay, my dad had been on kidney dialysis for 10 years. They were treating my dad with remdesivir. Okay, <gasps> further, further investigation led to the knowledge that remdesivir actually causes inflammation of the lungs and the kidneys, okay? Um, and the combination of that and putting my dad on the ventilator, I will say protocol kills. Mm -hmm. Ivermectin works, protocol kills. What, what led to the ventilator? Like, so he was on, so they just straight up put him on remdesivir, didn't take his kidney um, failure situation into account at all. And that's just their protocol that they're doing for everyone. A one size fits all, it sounds like. And so he's on oxygen, he's on that. And then did you get a phone call to say, okay, now we have to put him on a ventilator? Like how long did that, what happened there? Okay, so what happened? He was admitted on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he was fine. In fact, Wednesday morning, my dad picked up the phone and called my mom himself. He said, hey, honey, I'm looking forward to seeing you in heaven. And my mom's like, whoa, wait a minute. I am too, but not anytime soon. Okay. Wednesday afternoon, the nurse still said dad was about the same, that his oxygen had declined a little bit, but he was about the same. Fast forward to Thursday. This is where it all um, went downhill. Thursday morning, the nurse called us and said he had had a good night. Everything was about the same. He was resting. At 2.50 p.m., the doctor called us and said that his oxygen had dropped to a dangerous level between 82 and 84. Now, when he was initially transferred, his oxygen was at 85, okay? He said that he was breathing really fast, and I'm quoting, he had to intubate him and put him on life support because they had gotten an x-ray and his lung had collapsed and it was leaking air into the tissue of his neck around his heart and lungs, that he was gonna call the surgeon to relieve the pressure from the machine, that um, he would put in a chest tube to release the extra air in the neck, and he was gonna talk with my dad's nephrologist to see if they could put him on his belly to help improve his oxygen levels, um, that the nephrologist would be back in touch with us to get permission. Um, I find it odd that all of the treatment they did, they didn't do, they didn't tell us until after they did it. So Tuesday at midnight, they put that in ICD. You know, now we are Wednesday, the doctor, you know, they're already putting him on um, more oxygen. They led, they hooked, they said they put the breathing tube on and hooked it to the machine on the ventilator. Okay. Um, but then Thursday afternoon, at about 2.20, we got a call that dad was declining very rapidly and therefore they had to go ahead and intubate him and put him on life support. Um, and 
they would call me if they had to put a feeding tube in. And so I asked again, okay, so you're telling us my dad's declining rapidly. At what point can we see him? They reiterated, you will not step foot in this hospital until your dad's about to take his last breath. So at this point, I'm looking at mom. I'm like, okay, something's not right. Let's go. We jumped in the car. We went ahead and drove to New Hanover. We sat in the parking lot. Okay, because they had told us they'll call us one day to update us. That is not enough. I want people to know that you can call yourself if you want to, but they will only call you once a day to update you. We get to the hospital and they I talked to administration on the way there because I'd left patient advocate line of voicemail and administrator two consecutive days on Tuesday and Wednesday and no return to call. So on the way to the hospital, I called and said, don't transfer me to a voicemail. I want to speak with administration. Supposedly I was speaking with the administrator and um, told her about our concerns and asked again about ivermectin. She said, no, that that's the doctor's choice. No. So when they called us Wednesday and said that dad was declining, I said, well, fine. If you won't do the ivermectin, we would like to get him released on hospice. That is when the prompt um, decline supposedly began. And then Thursday morning, I told you the call that we got. Um, we're sitting in the hospital parking lot and we had asked for a Zoom with dad because we had not had, we had not been able to see his face since Tuesday, even though he had called us Wednesday. We had not been able to see his face. And they were setting that up. She said, give us about 20 minutes. We'll set up a family Zoom. Okay. Well, within about 15 minutes, I got a call and saying, well, you're going to have to give us a little bit longer because they're in there working on your dad. So give us about an hour. Okay. Well, within 20 minutes of hanging up from that phone call, the doctor called us again and said, oh, I'm so very sorry. Your daddy is declining very rapidly. We had to go ahead and put him on the ventilator. And I just got permission for y'all to come into the hospital to see him. Um, we go in the hospital and I'm, you know, I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit for you, but we go in the hospital to see my dad and they, they kept their word. I'll give them that. The hospital kept their word. They did not let us go in until my dad was about to take his last breath. They had put him in a medically induced paralytic coma. My dad was non-responsive at this point, could not talk, could not move, nothing. The day prior, we had talked to him on the phone, okay? Um, it's like I told the, heart, the Heartless Administration at New Hanover Regional. I said, the problem is that your hands are so deep in your pocketbooks that you are neglecting your patients and you do not care. And my thought on that has not changed one bit. And it does, their policies are not helping their doctors or their nurses. In fact, it's adding more pressure to them because the doctors and the nurses are the ones that have to hear the patients that are upset because they can't be where, with their loved one when they should be. No patient should die alone. Okay. None. Amen. None. None. Oh. Um, and furthermore, I want to encourage anyone that goes through this, if I could encourage you to do one thing, I think the most imperative thing you can do is document everything, who you talk to, what the names are, what time it is. Um, and also get a private autopsy um, because I feel like those things are imperative. Um, the, the excuse for putting my daddy on the ventilator was that his lungs had collapsed and he was declining rapidly. Well, the autopsy revealed the very opposite. And my dad's lungs were not even collapsed. 
rapidly when they so you had asked i just want to get something i'm trying to wrap my head around this you went you had talked to your dad you got a phone call and he sounded fine and you you then asked again the administration can we try the ivermectin and they said no and then it was like all of a sudden from oh and then you said can can we take him home and just have him be hospice care then and they said i don't know what they said their answer was to that but then all of a sudden it went from that to his lungs are collapsing we need to we need to intubate right now yes like the very next day yes and the doctor's response to our request to get him out on hospice he said uh, uh i don't really know about that i'll have to check with the medical team but i do not believe that he would survive the transport and that's what the they very, say yeah 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 but it's no coincidence to me that six different strangers have since reached out with very similar stories. As soon as they mentioned wanting to get their loved one out, either on the oxygen tank, hospice, or give them ivermectin, they are, quote, quickly re- declining. I don't know if y'all have read or heard of the book, um, the, where is it, the, where's my book? The um, Epicenter, it's called Undercover Epicenter Nurse. Um, it's by Erin. I don't know how, I think, I don't know how to say her last name. Sorry, Erin, if you ever listen to this, I hope you do. But she was the whistleblower nurse in New York um, through the pandemic at Elmhurst Hospital. And I am serious, your story, and then hearing from, you know, Matt and Summer and hearing from Anna, and then multiple other stories, y'all, it sounds like what was going on right there. Because when the patients can't be there and be their advocate, and when they are not listening and what they're doing is just not working and it continues, like this is, this is what's happening. And, and it's like when somebody wanted to do something, then all of a sudden they started deteriorating. It is just really, it's really sad. It's really scary. And I'm so glad that you're coming out. One thing I wanted you to point out, Joy, because when we talked, one of your, one of your um, words of advice was for people to get on my chart um, if they have it so that you can actually see what's going on in like like real time. Whereas if you're not part of that, if you're not signed up for that, then you can't get the medical records until the patient is discharged or has passed and you you still have to wait for a while, correct? Yes. And I encourage them to call the hospital to verify the exact steps to do that. But because we found that out after the fact, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, so wait, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And I just want to say to our nurses, you know, honestly, here's the whole thing. And this is what WCT eliminated from our um, our interview. They censored this is that, you know, um, our goal was we said the vaccine, the mask should be a choice. OK, we want to quit the division in our country and respect people's choices. My body, my choice, if I want to have an abortion to, to murder a baby, but not my body, my choice. If I don't want an experimental vaccine, our nurses jobs are being threatened if they don't want it. I don't see them out there giving out free EpiPens, free diabetes medication and free cancer treatment. Exactly. Mm. And and this is the, the thing that I just feel like, again, Joy and her mom are sharing their story to validate some of what you're hearing in the news is truly happening. And you can do what you will with their story, but you can't argue with it because this is what happened to them. And it's what happened to many other families. And we're learning more and more and more about them. And if you, but what you can do is you can take some lessons from what Joy shared, which is number one, and what Matt 
and some are shared on our podcast, what we're continuing to hear. Early treatment is key. If you get a COVID diagnosis and you don't get a treatment from who gave you that diagnosis, they are not doing what they should do for you at this point. 18 months in, we have options and you should mm -hmm. be given them. Um, number two, we have seen time and time again, there are over 60 studies of ivermectin, an FDA approved drug, just not for COVID. There are studies that prove that it's efficacious. So are other things. There are options. And again, you're the second family that has told us recently that everyone on the family who got COVID had it, they recovered, they're just fine. And the one person who didn't died in the hospital. And that could just, you can say, Holly, that's coincidence. I guarantee you when the history is written, if they allow us to still tell history in this country, that it will be said that these people, they, they were right. That there was, the antiviral is key for a lot of people to beat this. We also want to defend doctors and nurses who want and are trying to do the right thing, but are bound by the big business of hospital administrations. We're talking vice presidents. This video that Kristen mentioned earlier that shows the marketing department of New Hanover Hospital talking about fudging the numbers to scare the public a little more. We're gonna show it to you so you can judge for yourself. But I'm gonna tell you something. They, it is true and it is documented that they, these hospitals are getting money per COVID patient. And it is from the CARES Act. You can go look this up. But the hospitals also, do you remember when the pandemic started to subside, the hospitals were saying, some of them were losing money because people didn't go to the hospital for things they normally would have. Mm -hmm. Money, it's sad, but corporations have taken over healthcare, friends. It, we're watching it unfold. And if we don't push back and we don't stop rewarding their behavior, it's gonna continue. We have to expose it. We have to tell the truth. There will be pushback for you telling the truth. We've all experienced it, but we cannot afford not to share what we know. We're not telling you for sure we know anything about any nefarious agendas, but what we are saying is some of the things that are happening are killing people. Mm -hmm. And yeah. these are preventable deaths. These are preventable deaths. Is there anything else, guys, that you want to add? Yes. I just want yes. to add one more thing. While my dad was in ICU mm -hmm. and we walked in and we saw him in his life, like his last life moments, um, the nurse had the audacity to say to us, no one that has had their vaccine has been in our ICU. <gasps> and I looked at her and I said, that is a flat out lie because we know the person a few doors down there. He, that person got the vaccine and their family was told that they will be put on the ventilator today. So that's a flat out lie. The audacity as we laid there watching my dad taking his last breath. And 15 minutes after we walked out of the hospital from seeing my dad, the doctor called us and said that dad had flatlined. Oh. <sighs> You guys, oh, I mean, I got goosebumps. Well, oh. and, and again, this, this is the narrative that they're in. And, and, and I want to also say, like you said, they're good and bad in every profession. We all know this. We also know there's doctors, there's nurses in the hospital that know the truth about what's happening and are trying, they're advocating. They are, but and we're trying to talk to them and we're trying to talk to them. We're going, we, we're getting, we're digging y'all. We got we're trying <laughs> some good stuff, but what I want you to know is, is that, um, to to preach that message and even Biden's message from the guy who campaigned on uniting this country, calling 80 million unvaccinated Americans as the problem that's perpetuating the pandemic when science 
proves otherwise. I mean, September 7th, 2020, the new number of new COVID cases was 25,166. There were zero vaccinated Americans. September 7th, 2021, new COVID cases, 301,000. Vaccinated Americans, 177 million. You tell me, you, I am just tired, honestly, and this is me. I'm gonna try, try to stay objective, but I'm tired because I'm gonna tell you this. Stop peeing on me and tell me, tell me it's raining. Stop doing it. <laughs> Stop peeing on me and tell me it's raining because you're a liar. The <laughs> facts speak for themselves. Something's wrong. Something is wrong. I can't tell you what exactly is wrong. I just know what's wrong. I know it in my heart. Those of you listening, you know there's something in your gut that says something's not right. And if we don't dig it up and expose it, they're gonna keep taking us where we don't wanna go. And mm -hmm. that's why we have to tell the truth. I want peace more than anything in this country. I want health and peace, but I gotta tell you something. There's something more important than peace. It's called freedom. Mm -hmm. And we have got to fight for that. It's not just our military's job. Every American has the responsibility of defending and standing for freedom. And that means telling the truth, even when people don't wanna hear it. And mm -hmm. I thank you, Joy. And I thank you, mom, for telling your story because it is going to help so many people. You guys have no idea what this act of, you know, just wanting to share so you can help someone else. It honors your father and your husband's death in yes. an incredible way. And uh, of course, you know, I'm always going to say, thank God for the promise of heaven, right? This is just a temporary separation. Life will go on. Right. So thank you all so much for being on. We appreciate you, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you are we're not alone. So yes, we are alone. lived in another city and both of them had had the vaccine. She was terribly sick and her husband died mm. after yeah. the vaccine. Yeah. These, these numbers are not correct. What What's coming out? Um, they're hidden. I mean, there's some, there's some, you can, you can lie with statistics. You can. Just like you can tell the truth with statistics, you can lie with it. You know? <laughs> it's so true. Right. It's so mm -hmm. true. Yes. Well, All right, guys. Thank you so thank much. You so much. All right. Okay, everyone, you've just heard Joy's heartbreaking story. And we do want to continue to bring you these stories of personal experiences in just an attempt to educate to share, to hopefully put an end to some of this, right? Like we don't wanna to continue to see what we've been seeing and hearing. Um, I think once we open this can of worms, we've been inundated with stories and messages from so many of you and we thank you. We just wanna to continue to be a resource of information, which is why we do, want, we do want to continue the conversation for a few more minutes because so much has unfolded since we last chatted around COVID and the treatments and the opposition to treatments. And we wanted to have a conversation about that so that you guys are informed because here's what we've learned. It takes a lot of time to sort through information in an attempt to determine what's fact. And unfortunately, I think we've all learned we cannot trust mainstream media anymore. It's bought and owned. And you know, uh, it was Russell Brand who brought to our attention this week that as of 2018, it was known that every single major media source, like news source on TV had, and by the way, so many of these news sources are conglomerates. They're, they're, they're bunched together and they have a board. Every single one, but CBS News had a board member 
from pharma. There is a conflict of interest that they spend $5 billion annually in ads with these media sources. You can't tell me there's not a conflict of interest. Our media is now owned and we have to be aware of this so that we go to other places to also find information. It doesn't mean that the media is always lying or what they're saying is not true. It just means we all should have a fair amount of distrust. Both sides of the aisle, most people will agree, we have a distrust here, right? And so we want to talk about this. We want to talk about how we've been digging into this information. We share it with you. We present it to you, not saying that we're sure this is right, but because we know you're probably not hearing all this. You don't have time to find it. So we want to bring it to you, submit it to you. If you can prove us wrong, let us know. We would love to know. This is our search for truth. So let's go back, girls, for a minute. We saw, and we've mentioned it uh, before, the horse picture on the FDA website, which uh, totally made fun oh, of anyone who believed ivermectin was a proven treatment. We've put it in our resources, the number of studies on ivermectin, how it is proving time and time and time again, both clinically by multitudes of doctors on the front line treating it. We interviewed one of them showing that it works. But we've also discovered a few more things. Girls, you want to share some of the things that we've discovered? I mean, Nobel Prize, anyone? Oh, yes. I mean, so much has happened. Right. I well, mean, first, with the, them just discontinuing, um, well, started with the, the horse theory, like, <laughs> you're not a horse. Don't take this medicine. You're, you don't need dewormer. Um, all the way to, the, to where they have the, was it AMA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Decided this week, earlier this week, to discontinue doctors from prescribing it at all, at all. This is the American Medical Association. It is a voluntary association which we've talked about before. It is losing membership. I think it's probably, and I know why, um, because you you know what else they suggested last month is that we no longer determine genders for babies when they're born. In other words, let's ignore oh, I didn't science. Even hear that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, what you feel is different, but there is a scientific designation called an XX or an XY chromosome at birth. And that would be important to know, certainly for medicine, because there are certain things that you're going to need to treat in a female body and a male body that are different. But they want us to stop designating that. So that just tells you what we're dealing with here, right? This is a this is an organization that certainly is a more progressive ideological organization. We do know, though, that there was the other medical association which sent them a letter. Do you guys remember which one it was? Um, the Americans, uh, you guys, I think y'all texted it to me. It was another medical association. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. The American Academy of Physicians and Surgeons, maybe, or? Yes, something yes. like Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yes, so they came back and combated their suggestion for the not prescribing ivermectin but again this is an example medicine is getting politicized and it should never be politicized yes it's the aaps letter to ama re ivermectin and covid so well what uh, about one of you guys add that link to our resources of course yeah Um, and also pharmacists are not being allowed to prescribe uh not not prescribe dispense it which it in my opinion that is like them practicing medicine. Um, if a doctor actually prescribes it, that is the person who can prescribe medicine. Right. I mean, I know that the pharmacists do a double check, like they're that double check barrier to make sure you're not getting 
a medicine that's going to interact with something else, you know, yep. to help be that barrier with the doctor. That's how nurses are too. You know, we, we yep. double check to make sure, but that's just very interesting. They aren't <laughs> the doctor. They aren't the doctor. And it's just bizarre that this is even, ha has this ever happened in the history where, where a medicine has just been completely halted from being prescribed, especially one that literally has zero side effects or minimal. I minimal. mean, it does. I mean, I mean, of course it can, mm -hmm. anything can have a side effect, but let's think about the fact that this had one, they won the Nobel prize for this medicine for humans, for well. humans. Okay. And yeah. it, there are several articles and I mean, tons of articles and studies, but two in particular that stand out to me, one is actually entitled, uh, that it is a, it's in Japan, a wonder drug. Okay. Ivermectin wonder drug from Japan, a human, human use perspective. Okay. And then there is another one that touts that it's in the, um, I think it's the PubMed and where it says, gives all the mechanisms of actions of ivermectin. And it's like over 20 mechanism, mechanisms of action and how it can help with SARS-CoV-2. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the fact that they are denying these prescriptions, you have to think why, why it's even shown, like you can find information if you could dig hard enough that it could be something promising even for cancer. Yep. Yep. Which is huge. We have all, we may have not all been affected by somebody dying of COVID, but mm -hmm. we have absolutely all been affected by someone dying of cancer. And if this could be anything that could potentially be something that could help, I mean, just to deny it to everyone is, is just insane. Yeah. It, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. But then we've talked about before, we know under the EUA, the Emergency Youth Authorization Act, if you've never listened to us before, this is important, that is there is a recommended and a proven treatment for COVID, those vaccines cannot go out as they're going out right now. We're going to talk about those, those vaccines here in a minute, but something interesting we started to look at. So We've had issues with um, tractor supply running out of ivermectin, right? Because people could not get it dispensed through a doctor. Although there, you, there are doctors who will, believe us. We found them, we know they do. Now don't reach out to us and ask us who because every time we do that, we run into issues. So, but if you keep searching, you can find them, okay? You just gotta keep searching. But one of the things that happened um, was people were going to tractor supply and they were selling out or they were telling tractor supply places not, or ag agricultural supply places not to sell it. We did ask the doctor in our last interview, Dr. Murphy, what's the chemical difference between injectable ivermectin that you can get at a tractor supply and then the oral form that you would take as a human. He said the only difference really would be in the um, delivery system that it's in. Right. So one might be- Yeah, you do have to still be careful. You have to be careful because it is- that's right. He's like, you don't know what else you're getting in that because it might be tolerable for cattle, horse, dog, whatever, but it's not for humans. So that's where the challenge is. Chemically, though, it's an antiviral drug for everybody. It's well, and when you ban a medicine that people are starting to realize can save lives, this is what's going to happen. People are going to resort to trying to save themselves because their doctors are not helping and because their hands are tied. And so, you know, what do you expect people to do? This is this is the result of the censorship and the mm -hmm. banning and leaving people to their own devices when it should never be this way. It should never have to be this way. Right. That's right. Well, and then you write us in medicine. 
well, you know, you should have to go to the tractor supply. (laughs) That's right. Well, speaking of and talking about wanting to scare people about the whole tractor supply, you would have thought people were dying by the thousands from going to tractor supply based on the articles that were going viral after the FDA horse picture, including Rolling Stone, who had a viral hospital ivermectin story that they just had to retract because shocker, it's false. (laughs) On Friday, the liberal magazine is what this says. And this is of course, Fox News reporting. I'm gonna just be full disclosure. Of course, they're gonna call it liberal. Let's just say it was a magazine. I think that's more fair to say. Published testimony from Dr. Jason Michaelia, who told a local news station that hospitals were being overrun from patients overdosing on ivermectin, which resulted in other patients waiting for treatment. So basically saying people are overdosing so badly in in Oklahoma on ivermectin, they're keeping patients who are injured from getting treatment. The ERs are so backed up that gunshot victims were having hard times getting to facilities where they can get definitive care and be treated. The story, which I mean, first of all, who is the editor that did not fact check this? Where are the fact checkers? They don't exist for Rolling Stone. They just want Rolling Stone doesn't have fact checkers. Oh, by the way, Rachel Maddow from MSNBC. Oh, she retweeted it. I wonder if she retreat if she tweeted the retraction. I'm gonna go check that out. The story (laughs) originally appeared on the Oklahoma News was widely shared by people like Rachel Maddow. But the truth is, we found out that or whatever name Maddow, whatever her name is, (laughs) y'all, an emergency in one. Okay, so so they tell the story, but this is the this is the real deal. The NHS revealed while Michaelia is affiliated with a med- medical staffing group, he has not worked at the location in questions for two months, nor has he treated any ivermectin overdoses. Mm. So that's again, what that is thing. super embarrassing, Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, really embarrassed. Really I mean, that would be embarrassing. Well, something else in the news this week um, that that's probably people probably won't hear. You won't hear this. um, But just so you know, in our last podcast with I think it was with Dr. John, we talked about the attorney, um, Ralph Larigo, who is helping patients get ivermectin um, in the hospital or helping families get the patient's ivermectin in the hospital. Well, Dr. Pierre Corey on his Instagram um, posted this picture and I wanted to read this to you guys because it's so amazing. It says, attorney Ralph Larigo has gone to court to force hospitals to give ivermectin to vented patients 12 times. He won court orders 11 times. Nine of those patients are now home and the 10th is rapidly improving on ivermectin. So nine ventilated patients recovered. Ventilated, yes. After a lawyer, unfortunately, has to get involved for the World Health Organization's, one of their safest drugs, truly one doctor described it this way. He said, look, if ivermectin works, awesome. If it doesn't, it's a sugar pill. Like right. it's literally safer than aspirin. I mean, so, let's look at the percentage of, those, of that success. Right. Well, unfortunately, you guys know we lost um, an incredible human being last week um, to, uh, to this, well, to the consequences of this disease, whichever the case may be, um, the entire family had contracted COVID. And I'm just going to say basically what the wife told the hospital. She said, our entire family has COVID at home. They've all treated with the ivermectin protocol. 
they're all recovered and better. The one person who's on a ventilator in your hospital and is sicker than he was before now with kidney damage, blood clots, is the patient in your care that you refuse, you have refused to give ivermectin to for three weeks. Hmm. They did prevail at the end. And unfortunately, he would have been in the ones who did not recover. But the point is this, guys, what's the hurt in trying if they're dying anyway? We don't want to get it to them that late. But if this is not a drug that you can prove is really damaging people to take at a safe dose, then what, what's the harm in trying? Now, this is, where, like, yeah, this is where it's so important to have early treatment and the education and to know to start doing it right away. Okay. Right. And then also, you know, I have also heard, and I'm sorry that I interrupted you, Holly, but it just reminded me that like one of the ICU nurses that I know that takes care of these patients and she was like, well, you know, the families are just like trying to throw a Hail Mary or something at the end. And I'm like, so why the hell not? I mean, Let if, 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 if anybody's out there and you know, people who are on the ventilator, what truly, look, we all know that is our, we still hope and pray we never give up, okay? That, but when they are, and they literally say there's nothing else we can do, but there is something we can do. Why not try? Why not try? You just heard that, that nine, nine patients have gone home out of the 11 um, mm. on ventilators. Right. right. And, and, and Amy, didn't you find the fine print? You or Kristen one found the fine print about the Afghan refugees coming to the U.S. If they have COVID, mm-hmm. what did it say in that fine print about what they could give them for the COVID? Oh, well, I mean, ivermectin. Horse pace. I mean, you know, yeah. Horse dewormer. They didn't say that, (laughs) but they did say ivermectin. You know? It's in there as a protocol that you can give to Afghan refugees, but you can't give it to Americans? It's on CDC. If you Google ivermectin ivermectin and refugees, it will actually come up on CDC. It's two of the, I've got it in my 58,000 pictures, but- I'm telling you, so it's not, yes, they don't say it's for COVID, but they, it's on the CDC's guidelines for refugees. Okay. So this is the thing, y'all, even though it's not, uh, well, there's tons of studies proven success with it, but because it's not, you know, under the CDC guidelines for COVID, then, you know, you can't. But you're saying it was, it was listed as a suggested drug to give the refugees for anything that they might need it for, but it did not list COVID as a reason. That's what I don't think it said as COVID. It's just interesting that they're talking about horse pills for refugees, because we know it's not horse says you're not a horse, but yet here they are giving this to actual humans. They're stopping physicians from prescribing it at all here but it's in their CDC guidelines for them to give it to refugees. And so, well, so. I've heard of two people, one for Lyme's disease and one for MS that were on an ivermectin protocol for those diseases. They tried to fill their prescriptions in the last few weeks and the pharmacy declined. And they've been on this drug. This, yes. this is not practice. Oh, is- I'm gonna tell you something. I'd have lawyered up real quick for that because that's the stuff that makes me want to fight and it's worth the money to in my opinion, it makes me so angry. But you know what, guys? Something is a little different. And I think we're getting so many messages from people who are really scared. I mean, we've talked about this. We feel their fear. They're like, mm-hmm. what, you know? And, and I, I, a lot of times like to say to people, please turn the news off mm-hmm. because and get off social media and things that are scaring you and go to numbers. We always say this, like, what's the, what's the saying about media? The only thing you can trust in the media is the box scores. 
right? Yeah. Because they're, they're numbers, they're facts, and that is how I operate. I want to know the data. Mm -hmm. And the data that we just pulled before we came on, Amy pulled the numbers up from um, Johns Hopkins, and the all-time number of cases and deaths of COVID versus the, all, the numbers for August last month. And when we did the math, you guys, and you can go do this yourselves, the death rate in August was more than half less than the all-time death rate. The all-time death rate being 1.6%. For August, it was 0.75%. If you watch the news right now, you'll think there's more deaths. There are more cases than there had been months prior, but there are not more deaths. And now we're hearing of more and more doctors doing early treatment, whereas before the protocol was to say, go home till you turn blue, and I mean, we're not even making this up. We've had multitudes of people testify this. Just what got a message doing. today? Today? What is today? September sixth. Um, a friend's husband has COVID, and he was told to go home. Today. I mean, it's still happening. Have, stop it! We have got to stop this. If you are a, a a physician or a nurse, we can do better. We can do better. This is this is a travesty. She this said zero suggestions, treatments, or information on what he can do. Nothing. Not one thing. I mean, at the very least, get on your vitamins C, right. D, right, and zinc. Those are three over-the-counter things you can get today. Get like, come on, we can do better. And I think this is the maddening piece of this. So, so, um, so anyway, we've just been discovering that between um, the ivermectin and and the way that this is being handled, and seeing how the media is handling it, we continue to be mortified and mystified, I think is a fair way to say it. Um, and then of course, we have to talk about these stinking vaccines. And I say stinking, not because I'm against you getting them, because I'm not, I'm saying you should have the choice. I'm, I am incensed by the way it's being handled in the media as the evidence has continued to show that they are failing at keeping people from contracting and spreading the disease. And what really, I do remember, and I will defend Dr. Fauci on this, but I will not defend him on much, but I'll defend him on this because I do think he lies and he's been caught lying. Um, we'll do an episode on that at some point. Um, but he did say when these were out, he says, we don't know yet if it keeps you from spreading the disease. In other words, if you want to get this vaccine, and of course he was saying you should, he was saying, do it for you. But it got there out on social media, do it for your neighbor, do it for your neighbor. Guys, how they missed that message. Like they missed who how did they miss Fauci's message of do it for you? And all of a sudden it's like we're in this, you got to do it for everybody else. Where why? Where did that I, come the, from? The, I think it's media? I think this is where it comes back to media being told to push this drug. And then of course, or this vaccine. Now we are seeing that in Israel, for example, 60% of hospitalized. Now we gotta admit. Israel is a very vaccinated country, right? Like with 80% fully vaccinated, but 60% of their hospitalized right now are vaccinated. Um, so there's more of their populations vaccinated in that, but they are going to the hospital. There are people going to the hospital. So we use them as sort of a, we're tracking what's happening there because so many are vaccinated. And the truth is they're having an outbreak too. It's not stopping contraction or spread. It might help you manage your symptoms better. They're still watching that data. So I don't think we can conclusively say that because they've said many things that have since been retracted and are not clear. Well, and aren't they saying that the, um, it should, they're becoming less effective over time with the variants as well? Like, so 
these vaccines were created for the original coronavirus, whatever, SARS-CoV-2, whatever that came out in January 2020. But over time, they are becoming less and less effective whenever there are variants, correct? Hey, and can I, can I just tell you all this real quick too? Straight from the FDA Q&A on their website, it says, if a person has received the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine, will the vaccine protect against transmission of SARS-CoV-2 from individuals who are infected despite vaccination? The answer, this is their answer. Most vaccines that protect from viral illnesses also reduce transmission of the virus that causes the disease by those who are vaccinated. While it is hoped that this will be the case, the scientific community does not yet know if the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine will reduce such transmission. Okay, thank you. That sets We're us going up. off of hope here. We're going off of hope. You're well, welcome. Everybody has some hopes and prayers. I hope you're praying too. Yes, but please pray. Okay, so here's- Sorry, I just had to show that. That is current. That is literally a few days ago. So if they change it, I took that screenshot on Thursday. Okay. okay? So this is from the FDA website, right? Right from the FDA website. And go ahead and look on pregnant and breastfeeding as well. Um, and Add that to your list. Yes. And there was another thing too. So I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll throw this okay. screenshot in our resources. So- we were curious about, okay, is it so, cause we've heard two schools of thought. The one school of thought is the unvaccinated are still the problem. But then we started to say, okay, how can you really be definitively saying that when the breakout cases are increasing? Okay, more and more of this is happening. We're like, or, or, or is it possible that some people have hypothesized that vaccinations during a pandemic actually can create more variants? We went to Dr. Malone, who is one of the co-creators of the mRNA technology. So let's be clear, he created this, what, 20, 30 years ago. This is not new technology, um, or at least the concept isn't. But he's been a vocal, um, uh, and he is vaccinated, but he has since vocalized his concerns about these vaccines. And we thought, because you're not going to hear them on mainstream media, we would let you hear a few clips of how he puts into terms we personally, I mean, Kristen has the science and medical background as an ER nurse. Amy and I don't, but we can understand well, that. I'm not saying I'm an expert in this. I'm just no. saying like this makes sense. It just makes is. sense that no matter who you are, at least to That's us. That's it though. It makes sense to, to non-medical people. We thought you guys, we subjected, we, we're just gonna subject you to it for you to decide. I don't know, might be worth looking into. So I'm gonna play two clips for you really quickly is that you really can't vaccinate your way out of an ongoing pandemic. You shouldn't really be doing that. Okay. Now, why is he saying that? We're going to just edit it for you so you don't have to hear everything he says because we're in the, in the interest of time. But we do want you to hear how he explains why he's saying that. So take a listen to this what here. The, the virus will replicate in the unvaccinated as it would in any human population but it won't evolve to escape the vaccines. It will evolve to escape the vaccines only in those that have been vaccinated, particularly when we have a leaky vaccine, which is what we have. All of these are leaky vaccines. They don't fully protect people from being infected and having the virus replicate, and they don't protect other people from being infected by those that have received the vaccine and been protected. What that means is that viruses that are able to survive in people that have been vaccinated 
are going to be more resistant to vaccines. And what we end up with is an arms race between us and the virus if we do this. Does that make sense? It, it does. And so, so again, the, the important point here is that if you universally vaccinate into the teeth of the pandemic, what you're saying is that the virus will continually be able to outfox us, essentially. Absolutely. Through mutations. Absolutely. No question is, in your mind. This is, this is basic viral biology and evolution. Do. So... I mean, I mean, Amy, like, think about it. Like Amy has already said, you know, I the mean, analogy of antibiotic resistance. Right. right. Like right. how many times have we grown up, grown up with our kids or ourselves, you, you get on an antibiotic and they tell you, it doesn't matter if you start feeling 100% better, you need to finish the entire round of your antibiotics. Because if you don't, and you don't kill that bacteria 100% and you leave a little bit of it alive, survival of the fittest, survival of the most adaptable, it is going to adapt and change in order to resist and survive against that antibiotic. And that is what we were all told not to do that so that we would not create antibiotic resistant bacterias and superbugs. So my question is legitimately like, how is this different? If this vaccine is not killing this virus 100% and, and it's still left alive and it's escaping the, you know, the vaccine, then it's going to want to live, right? Mm -hmm. This is a living thing. It, those same theories apply. So yeah, then well, how is this different? Well, right. and also, I don't want you look, we are listening to different experts. And so many people say we're listening to the experts. I mean, there's experts everywhere. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I will tell you another one. And this guy, he, this, uh, this guy was on um, several different interviews months ago saying very similar things like what Dr. Malone just said. Uh, now I'm probably going to ruin his name, but Gert Vandenbosch, maybe, yeah. just right on his uh, website, the first thing that says is mass infection prevention and mass vaccination with leaky COVID-19 vaccines in the midst of the pandemic can only breed highly infectious variants. Now, just so y'all know his, you know, all of his degrees, okay, and all of his little history. Well, this isn't even all of it, but I just want to point this out. Y'all can decide if he's an expert or yes, not. You can yes, decide. you can decide. You can decide. Seriously, go look him up, okay? And we'll, or we'll have this link. But it says, his critical scientific analysis and report on the data published by the World Health Organization in The Lancet in 2015 was sent to all international health and regulatory authorities involved in the Ebola vaccination program. After working for Gavi, Gert joined the German Center for Infection Research at, in Cologne, I guess, as head of the Vaccine Development Office. He is at present primarily serving as a biotech vaccine consultant while also conducting his own research on natural killer cell, cell-based vaccines. I mean, I, I would consider get much more expert than that. him an expert as well, okay? And, and Everybody can listen to different experts, but that doesn't mean that our expert isn't correct and yours is, or yours is incorrect and ours is. Yeah. But that is what science is all about. There are people who have hypotheses, okay? It's not a conspiracy theory. It is a hy hypothesis. Why are people changing that, changing that terminology, right? And that's the thing. In the diversity of thoughts, ideas, science, uh, studies that that include a myriad of different things that's how we can get to the truth but in the censorship of those things th that's a problem because we're not going to get see the full scope of the issue we have got to stop the censorship and the only good thing about censorship is the number of you who have woken up 
because of the censorship. Exactly. Because including me. The censorship that's, that's where it, started it is me. driving people to it is not working the way that they uh want it to work because it is driving people to start questioning things. Well, and I my my hope and prayer, and I'm hearing so many people say this, whether they're Republican, Democrat, independent, it is bringing together many of us who mm -hmm. vote on to you know vote pretty differently. We're getting very united in the understanding of what's happening here. And I just pray that number grows because the more of us there are that can combat this crap and stop giving money to the people who do it, then the quicker we can start really getting to the bottom of this thing. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the problem is, is we're only getting one side, one narrative for the most part. And that's a, that's a huge problem, friends. It's a huge problem. And we all need to stop allowing them to do this. Truly, we got to do our parts, whatever those things are. Now, what we've realized, girls, is what? That boosters are coming next. We've already heard this. We There was a big resignation headline from the FDA this week as well. If you didn't catch that, I think personally, this is something we need to be paying attention to. They announced the resignation of two top vaccine officials last Tuesday. And the report said that the two were leaving in anger over the Biden administration's plan to roll out the COVID-19 booster shots before the FDA officials had a chance to approve it. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> we think it's weird. We think there's a lot of things that are weird about this. But the, the thing is, is that why would the Biden administration go around the FDA on the booster shots. And I guess under the Emergency Use Authorization Act, I guess they can. Well, I don't know. And with the boosters too, it's like, we're looking, we're sitting here watching Israel, who was the very first country, I think that really went, went hard all in on the vaccine passports. Like you could not go anywhere or do anything without showing that you had your full two doses. Well, then they had to get their, their third booster. Mm -hmm. And now what are they on their fourth? They're talking mm -hmm. about- They're talking about the fourth. Mm -hmm. So like now they can't go anywhere even the fully vaccinated with two doses are now exempt from being able to go places. Now you have to show that you've had three. Now they're talking about a fourth and how it hasn't even been a year. Has right. it? Right. Has it been a year? How many? Okay. So is this, okay, I mean, how do y'all feel about that? Like, do y'all, how many boosters are you willing to get? Are you willing to get like four a year, four boosters, like every three months, just, I mean, when does it end? I guess is my question. Well, and we all know, and I don't know if everybody knows this, because I, I think a lot of people clearly don't for the way they push it. If you think that the adverse reactions in the COVID vaccines are just for the very, like for just a few people, you could not be more mistaken. And the reason I say this is if you go look at this, these vaccines compared to all the other vaccines in the history of the United States, since we've been tracking these things, the number of injuries and deaths from it are incredibly large. Now, that doesn't mean they're all correct. So we need to be fair here and tell you, when you look at that, people can report these things that not everything's been verified. Okay. But I know the three of us all know multiple people who are injured um, from this vaccine. We watched a, a lady talk about her husband died from the vaccine. Um, and he was very pro vaccine on this, you know, and, and, and my point is to say, please do not think that this is like popping an Advil, okay? It's, it's not for everybody. It might be safe for most, but we know 
It hasn't been safe for all, which is why there should, we need to be so careful with these vaccine mandates yeah. because it's, there's people who can't, there's people who cannot get it because well, of their- It hasn't been safe thus far. Can you imagine adding three, four, five, six boosters? I mean, just continually, like if the numbers are already tracking that this is, you know, this vaccine has had more adverse events than all the other ones combined or whatever, then if we're just going to keep injecting without checking, like when has that ever happened? Uh, Hasn't the FDA, like they've pulled medicines from like 50 deaths. Oh, and the number and, of, and so many people are like, oh, well, the VAERS isn't, isn't accurate. Well, uh, it's the only system we have. So if you're going to, if you're going to complain about it, or if you're going to say that, then how about we come up with a better system? Okay. And there, that's the only, that's the only way we're tracking it. And yes, people, lay people like us, we can actually report it. And actually one of our friends had to actually do it herself because nobody else would. It's crazy to me, the number of people, I mean, you know, we can tell stories for days and we won't go there, but I, you know, there are just so many examples of people, guys, these aren't anti-vax people. They got the damn vaccine. They They got got it. it. (laughs) They got it. Okay. They got it just to experiment on themselves. They They did it because they thought they were doing the right thing. And and listen, we are not here to give any kind of opinion on whether or not you should get it. What we're saying is be informed. We believe in informed consent before yes. you offer up your arm for a vaccine. We just think everybody should know everything. And we're seeing that it's being censored and people are being so mistreated for coming out and telling their stories. Mm-hmm. There is such an agenda to silence these people that it is that if anything should tell you something's that's, that's wrong scary, that you that people cannot tell their story that's a true story, true story. and then they get shut down just because I mean, they're worried about people being scared i mean why would you not every single medicine that you have you're be, you are told the risks and the benefits and it's a calculated risk versus benefit ratio for you as an individual yes. to take that medicine that's okay. right. so why is that not happening right now well, you know, one of the, you, you guys know, I love, um, I love listening to, um, oh my gosh, y'all, who do I listen to on the podcast? My brain just went. Joe yeah. Rogan. Thank you. Love to listen to Joe. And Joe had Jimmy Dore on last month, Jimmy D-O-R-E. And he talks about his vaccine injury and he talks about, he's like, look, when I said that I was very, very ill for, and I'm still ill from this, people have attacked me. He said, I have like the, the stuff that he's gone through just for sharing his own story. Wow. And he's now in a group of doctors who were studying because they know. He said, now they're starting to say, yeah, we know, we know, we know, we know lots of people are injured from this. But I mean, mm-hmm. But, but, but you're going to have vaccine passports. And, and, and what really drives me nuts is that the Biden administration says, oh, no, we're not going to do vaccine passports, which I don't trust. Anyway, we're going to put it on the companies, you know, the airlines, you know, the restaurants, whatever. I tell you what, I hope they keep that word because here's what I believe is going to happen in time. This ain't going to get better. And you're going to have more and more Americans who won't do business with these people because they're going to say, okay. If that's the way it's going to be, no. And I, and we should, I mean, so I'm going to shut up, but that, that is just wrong. It's just, it's just it's it's wrong. wrong. Well, because when does it end? So what is it like, if you've had your fourth booster, then you, then yeah. you, um, the, the people who've only had three are now the enemy. I mean, okay. and I mean, we only did one flu shot a year, y'all one. And if they got it wrong, they didn't change it. Right. If they got it wrong, they're like, well, it didn't work this year. Like, that's a virus that's a respiratory virus 
Come on. I feel like this is more like what's happening. I know coronavirus is different than the flu, but I feel yes. like these quote boosters are really going to be, can we just kind of call it what it is? Or maybe in my opinion, what I'm seeing is like, okay, let's just create a vaccine for this season for the most prevalent variant, which is what they do for the flu. So rather than call it the booster, just say, this is your COVID vaccine for this season. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. That's and what it sounds a like. Year, a yearly thing that yearly. people can choose right. to get. Well, let's hope they do a better job than the flu shot, because let's be real. They have been missing by a country mile on that the last yeah, year. Yeah, it gives you, you know, the most vulnerable or it gives it, you yeah. give it to the most vulnerable people, yeah. not mass vaccination to everybody. To go to a healthy, restaurant. Even healthy people. Yeah, no, we cannot. Oh. Well, I mean, obviously, guys, we could go on and on and we do get heated about this. You'll notice, though, we're not heated about your option or our options to get the vaccine or not. We're not telling you what you we're not medical professionals. I mean, Kristen is not currently in the ER working as a nurse. <laughs> we we literally are sharing information as American citizens that are just concerned about mandates and forced vaccination. That's where we're going to draw a line and we're going to tell you we have a problem and here's why. And I think we've given you plenty of evidence. We, we're just, we don't trust. We do not trust what's happening here. We just don't. We don't have all the answers, but we've got a heck of a lot of questions. We know you do too. So thanks for joining us. We will continue to bring you information as we find it. And uh, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.